Welcome to Beth and Jordan Rewatch. I'm Jordan, and I'm a nerd. And I'm Beth, and I'm also a nerd. For our show, we will rewatch TV shows and movies that Beth and I have enjoyed and try to look at them with a fresh perspective. And for this season, we'll be watching Vikings, which I have seen before, but will be Jordan's first time watching the show. Today, we'll do season one, episode three, Dispossessed. So we start this episode, as we have been, with our recaps. And it's kind of now for this whole for this whole show of Vikings, it's really gonna it's really kind of gonna become Beth's Beth's recaps. Um, <laughs> like Beth, do you like want to like do you want to like find a sponsor for this or something? It's like like the- if I could sp- find a sponsor for anything, I wouldn't be in the financial situation I'm in right now. <laughs> Fair, um, yeah, but so the, yeah, so I guess to start with the currently sponsorless Beth's recaps. <laughs> Uh, Beth, you are tasked with recapping the episodes, or the episode, excuse me, that we watched last, season one, episode three, Dispossessed. Mm -hmm. Um, You have one minute. I have my eye on the clock. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right, here we go in three, two, one, go. So against what seemed to be all odds, Ragnar and his party returned to shore, carrying hordes and hordes of treasure that they'd stolen from Northumbria. Um, as they land, though, it turns out that the Vikings are found out. Earl Haraldson wants to see them. They go there, and he's like, basically, even though this is your ship and you weren't under- acting under my orders, like, you owe me all of this gold. You can each take one item for yourselves. Ragnar, surprisingly, chooses Athelstan, who we've met previously. Um, everybody is kind of upset about this, especially Rollo, um, but they kind of end up doing their own thing and going on their merry way. Uh, we then kind of flash back to Viking life as Ragnar and Lagertha reunite, and uh, he shows Ragnar learning from Athelstan, and then they decide to go back to England. Uh, Earl Haraldson proves he's more of a scumbag than he normally is by burying all the treasure and killing a slave boy to guard it. Nice. Yeah, the only thing you missed is just like how the how the whole going back to England ends. But yeah, other than yeah. that, yeah. And you still had like five, you still had like five to ten seconds. I felt like I started feeling the pressure. I was like, oh no, I'm spending too much time. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think I'd get used to what a minute feels like by now, but apparently not. Yeah, no. It's well, it doesn't help that like like I have my eye on the clock, but you don't necessarily like know what what my time is. So like, yeah, like you have to kind of do it blind. Exactly, um, but that just makes the challenge more interesting, right? Right. Right. Uh, but no, good. I think I feel like that properly summed it all up. I, I'm really looking forward to diving into this with you. Yeah. And so now it's time where we actually dive deep into the analysis portion, and we actually talk about what happened in the episode. Um, and so, Beth, we're here, season one, episode three. Um, the raids on Northumbria were successful. Um, we are now returning back to the homeland, um, and things immediately get interesting. Like they waste they waste no time in being like, "Hey, Earl Haraldson wants to speak to you." Yeah, and we kind of knew this was coming, right? Like we knew all along. What the characters didn't know is that the Earl knew, and he knew they were com- gone, and he knew that if they came back, like there would be consequences. So it's really interesting to kind of see like the the fallout, I guess. Right. Well, and what's, and what's really interesting is, you know, so they go into, you know, they go and they meet and this is, you know, for us as the audience, this is an interesting tense moment because this is where we don't really know what's going to happen at all. This is kind of a pivotal moment. Who, you know, will, will the status quo be changed? 
Um, will, will Earl Haraldson still hold the upper hand? Um, or will, I mean, it's kind of like obvious that Ragnar is not going to be like ended permanently because like that'd be a super short series. Um, Three episode miniseries called Vikings. <laughs> um, but you know, there is kind of this tension of like, okay, the status quo could possibly up- be upended here. What's going to happen? Exactly. And as it turns out, yeah. Oh, oh, I was sorry. just going to say, and we've seen that uh, Earl Haraldson is so arbitrary and he's so willing to do anything it takes to achieve like his goals and that he's a greedy person. So going into this, we're, we know we're going up against somebody who's truly an evil person. Right. And so it's, it's just interesting to find out like, okay, what's going to happen? And in the, in the end, it seems the status quo remains intact. He, as you said in the, in the recap, uh, he demands all of their treasure, uh, you know, why, why doesn't he just ask for everything while he's at it? Um, all of their treasure, except they get to choose one thing, um, which understandably ticks off most of the members of the crew. Um, it's interesting here, though, that Ragnar accepts the terms. I, he's kind of, you know, I feel like I'm learning as we go through this, that though he is a bit full of himself, and though sometimes his character kind of nauseates me a little bit, he is he isn't stupid. And he and he is a schemer, and he can read the room, and he can, um, he knows when to play his cards, and so he knows that in this in this particular situation he doesn't hold the cards, um, and so he knows he needs to like I feel like I'm diving into poker terms now, but he knows he needs to fold this hand, mm-hmm. because like like you said earlier, like it it appears that. Earl Haraldson has the upper hand, right? And we know he does. He has all the power in this situation. But Ragnar, he he also kind of knows the court of public opinion is going to be in his favor. Right. Like, right. Do, is he playing the long game at this point? Like, does he know that, like, the more successful he is and the higher his star rises, the more likely it is that he's going to gain even more sympathizers to his cause? Like, he's playing right. a smart game here. And it's interesting because I think for Ragnar, I think he's at this point where, and I think Ragnar has been playing a bit of this game for a while. Um, You know, now he finally just had, you know, something he's been betting on that finally turned for him and is really, yeah, like turned the public opinion in his favor. And now he's, it's, I think it's a question for him of, um, do I feel like I have the winning hands now or do I need to wait? Because he could have pressed it in that moment. When he demanded that they only take one thing, he could have pressed it in that moment. But I think he determined at that point in time, like despite the recent success, he wasn't there yet. He couldn't strike out and be totally independent. He still still needs to... He still still needs time to get more assets on his side, I guess. Um, So yeah, it's an interesting, interesting initial... I don't know if it's conflict. It's kind of a conflict, but it's like, it's a conflict of wills more than anything, I guess. And like almost more of a political conflict. Right. It's a real, to me, it's a real, like, instead of doing things like in back rooms, like it's, it's a laying out of like, where do we stand? Mm-hmm. And right now, Earl Haraldson is still Earl. Yep. And uh, Ragnar is still one of his loyal vassals. And on the opposite end of the spectrum from Ragnar's cool level-headedness, we see angry bar- resident angry boy Rolo, who's like uh. super angry. And even though he stole a bunch of gold for himself, like he's just super upset that Ragnar was willing to comply with the terms. Like, oh, Rolo. 
every with with each with I mean we are three episodes in, but with each passing minute, I get less and less happy with Rolo. Like I started off liking the character so much, and now I'm just like, God, <laughs> why is he here? Right, God. I get how he's a useful Viking, but Lord, is he dense. <laughs> yep. Not uh, a head for uh, politics on that one, that's for sure. Not a head for anything worthwhile, <laughs> quite frankly. Like morals. Um, you decent, know, hu- decent human beingness. Decent human beingness. <laughs> like, uh, frustrating. But in any case, one tricky, one interesting thing is Despite all of this, you know, despite the fact that um, Ragnar accepts the position, accepts the status and is like, yep, you know, I'm still your loyal vassal or whatever, a key thing is held back. He does not reveal how it was that he succeeded where others yes. had failed. An interesting, an interesting card he, he holds back. Um, and at first... It doesn't seem well. Maybe Haraldson seems suspicious at first, but do, but doesn't see, doesn't seem too suspicious yet that um, he's holding something back. At least not until, um, as we kind of find out later, and as we're kind of skipping, as we'd be skipping ahead a little bit to the toward the end of the episode, where Ragnar requests a second voyage, and then at that point Haraldson's like he's hiding something. Mm-hmm. And it's so like clever the way that he's like, oh, we had Thor on our side. <laughs> yes, an excellent use of invoking the gods because what's what's uh, what's Haraldson going to do? I don't like, believe you. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like, is he going to deny the gods? That's that's going to lose him public opinion. Um, I mean, he's already he's already denied someone entrance to Valhalla. How is he going to? Yeah, oh, it's a, it's a it's a clever it's a clever underhanded move. Um, it's yeah. It it, it got it, it got me kind of like ooh. I like it. I like the little intrigue that we got going on here. Um, that being said, as much and I know Harlson's just trying to assert like I am the king, but like as as um to switch TV series as they say in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, help me out. Oh, it's Tyrion saying it to Joffrey, right? Like, no, have, like, or, or yes, yes, or, it is. Or yeah. Tywin. It's one of the Lannisters talking to Joffrey. It's Tywin. It's Tywin saying it to Joffrey. That's who it is. Yeah, not Tyrion. It's, it's Tywin saying it to Joffrey. Like anyone who says "I am the king" is no king at all. Mm-hmm. And although he never actually said that, this whole like you can only take one thing is kind of that. It's kind of being like, "Well, I get them all because I am the king," mm-hmm. and it, and it's just kind of like, yeah but you in that way you kind of shown how insecure your rule is exactly because what is he ruling based on right now it's not the love of the people that's for sure he's relying heavily on fear but even then like that can be undercut so easily if a strong charismatic leader comes up to challenge it like exactly because all you have to do is just i mean they just have to fear the other person or just think that he might beat you in battle with if there's no other if there is no other thing besides fear that's holding you back, then, then, then that's it. You've you've hit like you're all. You only have one line of defense. Yeah, because loyalty based on fear may be like an easier kind of strategy, but it's not a good long term one. Right, right. The comp, 
Whereas Ragnar, at least it seems, Ragnar is a little better at persuading the people that he actually likes them or is on their side. You know, supposedly uh, they'll have the equal shares, even though we kind of know that that's a little bit of BS. Um, <laughs> but but he's selling that idea. He's a better salesman. Um, and he can at least sell the idea that you should like him. Um, but so, yeah. Yeah. And so it's an. In- I, I liked that scene quite a bit. It was just interesting to see the state of play just kind of formalized. Um, and then we have poor, poor Athelstein, um, basically adjusting to life as a foreign man in a foreign land. I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> like he's legitimately one of my favorite characters in the show, but seeing him kind of like fish out of water here, it's like, it's interesting to see what would almost be more of a, a what we'd consider normal perspective, or at least one that we're used to like, a medieval white man is now thrown into the mix here and we're seeing things through his eyes, which I think is super cool. Yeah. And don't forget Christian as well. Oh, right, right, right. Right. No, exactly. Like it, it, it definitely feels like, you know, a civilized man among the savages. Um, you know, I, I was talking to you off mic about the whole scene where like, you know, he's, he, what, what was he? Oh, he was, he was reciting his prayers. Um, or something like that, or he, or he was reading scripture, one or the other. I don't, I don't know old English, um, <laughs> but, but he is, he's doing that. And then um, Ragnar, ah, her name again, Lagertha, Lagertha. I will get that. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. I will get that. Um, you know, they come in and basically are like, do you want to have a three-way? And it's just, well, not the only, th- it's, it's basically like, do you want her? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, <laughs> yeah and like his hair starting to grow back yeah. and so he, like that upsets him and we like, see him trying to cling so hard to like the life he knew and the person he is right because he's like i'm gonna shave my head i'm still gonna read my scripture i'm like i'm doing i'm staying as true to myself as i possibly can and the right. cool thing is is that ragnar's letting him too it is cool it's, it's interesting ragnar in some ways and and granted some of it is you're playing to the American audience you have. True. But Ra- but Ragnar is in many ways an oddly progressive type. Um, or he... I don't know. Or, or he's more interested in inspiring loyalty through means other than just pure fear. Mm-hmm. Um, because getting, you know, getting at what you're talking about there. One, obviously letting him, you know, keep his faith and keep keep his personality, essentially. Um, he also breaks his, he also cuts his bonds and is like, you want to go, go now, granted, where's he going to go? Yeah, true. <laughs> and quite frankly, Ragnar is going to treat him a lot better than a lot of the people around him will. True. But, and, it's but, just- and also like at the end of the day, I think Ragnar knows like you, you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar, right? Like he's not going to get the information he needs about England by being a dick to Ac- Athelstan. He's got to like get him drunk and be nice to him to get that yeah. information. No, I think, and I think you're absolutely right. And that's where I, I do applaud as much as, as much as Ragnar does things that kind of like make me, make me a little nauseous. Um, Ragnar is not stupid. Um, and he, if he wants something, he does know how to get it and he knows how to play his cards right in order to get it. And that includes like when to be when to be kind and sweet. Um, well, I don't know if sweet's the right word. I don't know if there's a such thing as a sweet Viking. Um, <laughs> but how to be kind or generous or benevolent. Benevolence probably the word I'm more looking for. Um, 
And so it's interesting. I also felt bad for Athelstein that he basically became like, like he's like children. Here is the, here is the slave, and like they pick at him like he's their new toy, and I'm just like, oh, 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 like here, come come see this new or this new pet dog I brought. Yeah, like you can touch him. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ooh, let's 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 touch the let's touch the Englishman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But also, like later on in the episode when they're prepping to go to England, like you see that there is some trust that's developed there as he leaves him in charge of the household when he leaves. For sure. No, you're absolutely right. Seems kind of quick, honestly, but like... Yeah, it definitely serves the plot a touch. Um, Yeah. But I don't know. Again, again, I do fall back a little bit on what the heck is Athelstein going to do? Like, (laughs) like he he has options. They're all bad. This is (laughs) like staying loyal to Ragnar is honestly probably his least bad option. Mm -hmm. Because what's he going to do? Swim to England? Like, (laughs) right. Going to try to find another Viking village who will, who will like, I mean, and and the reason I lean in so much on that is, you know, the whole scene where his bonds are, are broken is where he's standing next to two fellow monks who have been strung up. Mm -hmm. Like it's very, I didn't catch that they were monks. I'm pretty sure they were like, I feel, I really feel, I feel I like they were monks. Surprised I, if they were, I probably just missed it. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I almost want to go back and just make sure I'm right. Just before I make like sweeping claims, but. Well, that makes everything even like more impactful though. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he saw, cause I mean, he saw one of his brothers literally die of, of uh, frostbite. I guess it's assumed on the way over. Something. Um, and so then I don't know. Overboard, like whoa. right. So yeah, I I think for Athelstein, like, like on on a certain hand, absolutely, I agree with you. Trust, but I think also on a certain hand, Ragnar knows that at least with him, he holds all the cards because Athelstein's options are are very bad. Yeah, and this yeah, I I stick to this is his least bad option. That's fair. Um, and then Lagertha. See, I did get it. Yes. And, and then Lagertha, of course, going up to her, up to him, and being like, "Oh, by the way, if anything happens to my kids, like, I'm gonna kill you myself." Yeah, I'm gonna kill you myself. Because she's we, a badass. We love her too. <laughs> we do, and we and we know to take that threat very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I am I am looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. Uh, yeah, because we're getting right back into it at the end of the episode. Like they didn't let us catch a breather almost at all. Right. Basically, they were just like, "Okay." You know, we get one episode to rest and regroup, and we're going to be back at back at this in episode four. Um, so it'll be very interesting. Also, what's the deal with Vikings wanting other men to like bang their wives? Can I just? I don't know. It's probably one of those things where it's like, you know, okay. So every TV show and book has to, like basically tries to draw their audience in with either like sex or violence, and if you don't have enough of one, you got to bring some of the other in. I guess. <laughs> Is it is it is it the History Channel trying to broaden beyond their nerdy audience? Like, it's probably the History Channel trying to be Game of Thrones. Let's be honest. Yeah, without yeah, like be... HBO ability to show a bunch of like naked people. Right. They can <laughs> they can sh- they can show they can show man torso and like suggestion of female nudity, uh, and so yeah. Yep. Interesting. And and to be fair, like both would have been out at the same around this time, so. It would make sense if they're trying to compete for that same demographic. Yep. 
I don't know, just between Harlson and Ragnar, I'm just like, what? Like, what's this deal here? Like, it just seems a little gratuitous. <laughs> just a bit. And maybe I and maybe Viking culture is much more like I know it's I know it was polyamorous, but it was usually just one guy and multiple wives. I do not think they shared one, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's I some have no idea. Yeah, I only know CK2 mechanics. I don't know anything about real history. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't mean to go in too deep into that. It was just when it happened this episode, I was just like, what is this? Like, this is <laughs> this is the third time in three episodes. Right. <laughs> what, did, what do they say? Once is an accident, twice is a... Or I don't... There's, there's something like... I don't like two or, two or three times is a trend or something like that. Yeah. And I was just like, this is a trend we're starting to see here. I'm just like... Like, if it's true to history, fine. If it's not true to history... Why? Really, <laughs> why? I need to talk to these writers about what their what their weird fantasies are um, <laughs> anyway yeah um and then of course so then i think i think we'd be remiss to well two things we need to talk about is of course one that earl haraldson wants to send a spy amongst the amongst ragnar's people which yeah, of course he does and ugh, God, it's all he he honestly sucks at being uh an evil king like <laughs> How ham-fisted is it to just send, like, send somebody who told Ragnar no last time, and pretend he's just going to accept him this time? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so terribly ham-fisted. He's really bad at this being. I mean, aside from the fact that he is a dick and like, he has an intrigue skill of like two. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, has cruelty um, and arbitrariness, but yeah. Because he does, like, he, just to remind us that we're to hate this guy, he does murder murder a 13-year-old. Um, that way that 13-year-old can guard his treasures in Valhalla. Um, yep. It's like, they couldn't be more obvious if they put a neon sign over his head saying, you're supposed to hate this guy! Right. He's the I bad am, guy! I am the villain. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so had to talk about that. And then the other thing, of course, we need to talk about is... They are going back to England. Yes, I, okay, so linguistics nerd here. Love the scene where they're speaking in like Old Norse and Old English and trying to communicate with each other. Yeah. It's so good. I did, I did actually, like, even though, of course, like, I didn't, like, I knew that was what was going on. But like, I, and I didn't know a word they were saying. I did appreciate, um, I appreciated the interesting moment where like, we know that Ragnar knows what both sides are saying, but neither side knows what the other is saying. Um, it's just such an interesting moment. And then, of course, when it seems like they're going to be able to come in and trick them and just get go straight for the king. Um, instead, you know, there's this little fight. A guy gets away because, of course, Rolo is an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it sets up for a very interesting ending. And it's curious to see what will happen um, after this point. Yeah, it looks like... Uh... Northumbria is a little bit more on guard after that last raid. They're not going to just be able to waltz in and take whatever they want. Right, exactly. And so how will our Vikings handle like an actual defensive force? Based on this skirmish, pretty well. <laughs> yeah.
And finally, well, I shouldn't say totally finally, but anyway, we now are moving into the rating section where we give a rating on a scale of five with decimals allowed and with explanations required. Beth, for the, epi- for the episode Dispossessed, what rating did you give it? Um, I'm going to give this one a 3.9. I really did enjoy the episode quite a bit, but I feel like it didn't move forward a lot. Like there was a lot of treading water. Um, I feel like we may have gotten a little bit of a closer look into the characters, but overall not much happened. Yeah. I mean, I would probably land similar. I'd say a four. Um, just like there's nothing, nothing special about this episode other than just like, again, establishing what the state of play is right now, as far as who has the power and who doesn't. Um, and that part's fascinating. And Athelstan's whole thing is fascinating. Um, I do enjoy seeing him. I enjoy watching him suffer. No, but, <laughs> no, but I, I did enjoy watching him like go through the how do I remain true to myself? Because that's a very sympathetic um, moment. So, yeah, yeah I, I know I would agree with you, though. Not a whole lot of movement. Nothing that's just like, oh, man, that was powerful other than Athelstan's thing. So I give it a four. Great. And so, Beth, I'm going to. Yeah, go ahead and introduce. Yeah, I was going to say. We're going we're gonna to have a new segment now. Um, since I have seen this jo- show and Jordan has not, we're going to have some fun and have him make some predictions about what he thinks is going to happen be- based on uh, the name of the next episode. Uh, we were going to look and see whether there were any previews we could watch to kind of make this easier, but alas, we could not find any. So the next episode, uh, season four, is called Trial. And Jordan, what do you think is going to happen? Right. Okay. So... I predict that there will be basically two running plot lines in the next episode. One plot line will be focused on Athelstan trying to babysit uh, these two Viking children, which will go horribly wrong for him. Um, And somehow, and so this part's not a real prediction. Somehow he will wind up, he himself will wind up in Viking timeout. Um, Whatever that would be. I feel like it's like being strapped to the sail of a boat or something. Um, and then uh, the other plot line, I think we'll follow. Now, this one this one is the one I'm actually less confident about. Um, gosh. Man, what do I even predict for what will happen to Ragnar and um, Lagatha and all of them? Gosh. I mean... Okay, we're going to go with the easy prediction. They will succeed in their endeavor, whatever the heck it is. Um, the more bold prediction, Lagatha will, um, have, will have to prove her skills in battle um, and will basically some, be, somehow be the star of the next episode for her amazing badassery. All right, well, we'll see what happens. I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited for next week. All right. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Beth and Jordan Rewatch, where we rewatch our favorite movies and shows and discuss what we love about them. You can find all of our episodes on anchor.fm slash BJ Rewatch or on Spotify at Beth and Jordan Rewatch.